0: Welcome to Food on the Move: Movers and Shakers podcast, a podcast that highlights our passion for making an impact in our communities on issues surrounding food and security. It's all about the reason we, as an organization, do what we do, and the many incredible people using their time and talent to challenge the status quo in order to make the world better than they found it. We call them movers and shakers. Hey, everybody, welcome to our podcast. My name is Ramal, the Hometown Heat. I'm Taylor Hanson.
1: I'm Kevin Harper.
0: And I'm Danielle
2: Stoltz. And we're excited to have you guys here for the Movers and Shakers podcast. And man, this is going to be a great conversation. All of our interviews, all of our conversations are about people that inspire others to make a difference because they've chosen to be a mover and a shaker in their community. And of course, we're passionate about food insecurity, but through that path, and we get to work with some incredible people, incredible organizations. And today is, is a, such a great example of that.
1: I'm excited. Yes. Uh, I love this guy. Ever since I've met Dr. Kaiser, uh, man, he's just been an inspiration. Uh, and, and if I could go back to school, I would want him to be my principal. <laughs> right. So I'm telling you, everyone is going to be <laughs> excited. Be yeah. <laughs> this guy, I think he's going to really inspire a lot of people yeah. just by his heart and his passion to just make a difference in students' lives.
0: I follow him on social media, and the, the thing that I can really relate to is the fact that he really gets in there with the kids. He's racing them, he's playing basketball, he's crossing <laughs> kids over, shooting, you know, doing a whole bunch of fun things uh, within the school, and just really being able to be relatable to the students is, is one of the great things that he does.
2: So we've talked to a lot of different people. We've yeah. talked to entrepreneurs, motivational speakers, talked to people with all kinds of perspectives, nonprofits, foundations, but... Uh, teachers mm-hmm. and what could be more important than sure. great teachers and mm-hmm. people that are committed to training the next generation and so i'm really excited that we get to have rob who's been a great partner of ours and is absolutely moving and shaking in the tulsa uh, school system and across not only in north tulsa but across tulsa mm-hmm. because of all the impact he's making with these kids yeah. Absolutely.
3: Yeah, Dr. Rob Kaiser is the principal at Monroe Demonstration Academy where we partner in every Friday throughout the school year. We're there doing cooking classes and a few other programs throughout the year. So mm-hmm. we're excited to talk to him and just hear his heart behind being a principal and working with middle school students. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I am just thrilled today to get to introduce Dr. Rob Kaiser. We were able to meet in 2021 and just his passion just to make a difference in his school and and he does ha- he is at a, a principal of a school that man there's some rough stuff going on there the kids have a lot of trauma his heart is so amazing and when we started talking connecting starting with an after-school program moving into the school system and actually having a program he has been such a great champion mm-hmm. and watching him day in and day out when i go to the school seeing how he's high-fiving the students he knows yeah. their names he's truly making a difference and really is a great mover and shaker so yep. it's perfect to have him on the podcast today. So everybody I want to introduce to you Dr. Rob Kaiser. Welcome.
3: Yeah, <laughs> welcome, welcome. Thank you, guys. Thank you. This is uh I'm I'm honored. I uh the, the work that uh Food on the Move has done with Munro over the years has been transformative to say the least. And you know, to have an opportunity to come on this podcast with you guys that are really making um and and Providing programming that makes such a difference in kids' lives, I'm I'm so excited to be here. So I thank you guys.
2: Well, we're we're thrilled. Maybe we back up from it because obviously we can't help but talk about what we do with you, um, and we'll share more about the program at Monroe. But maybe back up a little bit and and tell people about you and how you arrived in the spot that you you are. You you've chosen to be uh, a teacher, a principal. You're you know Monroe is a school that has great potential but a lot of challenges tell us about your passion for education. Cause we were excited when we met you, as Kevin mentioned, because you already, I think had a picture of how, you know, unique partnerships, agriculture and other things could, could make a difference. And so we, we didn't have to sell that. We were already kind of connecting with you, but what's your story? How, how did you find yourself um, at Monroe and, and what built the person that we've gotten to know?
3: Yeah. So, um, I'm, I'm from Northeast PA originally. So I uh, grew up in Northeast PA, a, a town called Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. And I always tell people I always knew I wanted to be a teacher. And, and since I was like in ninth grade, because of the teachers that I had coming up, I had two basketball coaches in ninth grade um, that had made such a profound impact in my life. I knew that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go coach basketball and teach uh, and so I went on to play uh, basketball at the University of Lynchburg in Virginia, Yeah, um, played there for, you know, four years, um, my mentor coach, Hillary Scott. Um, and during that time, you know, I had the opportunity to uh, be in the teacher program. I, you know, I was right. in a physical education teacher program um, and I was, you know, I was really loving everything about it. I was playing basketball. I was um, in the teacher program. And then my junior year, going into my senior year of college, uh, one of my teachers in high school had done a program called Teach for America, and he said, "Rob, you may want right. to look. You know, you may want to yeah. look into this program and read about the program. Fell in love with the mission and the vision. Didn't think there was any chance I'd get in, but I said, wow. well, let, let me go ahead and, and apply for this <laughs> yeah. program here.' Um, and so I applied. And um, during the application process, you can preface, you know, different cities that you know you'd want to go work in, and. I, I prefaced every city in the Northeast, and I put Tulsa dead last on my list. Wow! And, uh, and this is where they sent me. Shh, we won't
1: tell Tulsa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, they're listening. What's what's Tulsa? Yeah, yeah.
3: So I had never been here before, and I took my '98 Mercury Tracer across the country. You know, it's one of these cars that when the wind blows, it would like change wow. lanes on you. Okay. Tracer. Wow. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And and so I got here um, in the summer of 2013, and so. That summer, I had the opportunity to teach at Cooper Elementary School and became a teacher at Cooper Elementary School um, after that time. And I was living my dream. I mean, guys, I was coaching basketball. We were doing, you know, after school programs. We had developed a program called Able Athletes for our students with multiple disabilities and autism. Wow. And during that time, uh, you know, was, was uh, just, you know, living the dream that, that I had always wanted, which was, you know, to, to be involved in extracurricular activities, to, to teach. And then in 2016 was the Tulsa Teacher of the Year for the city. And I just mentioned that because that was what propelled me into, yeah, absolutely. you know, a leadership role, um, at Monroe, and so I had an opportunity to, you know, go to different uh, events with the superintendent. Got to kind of understand the better, you know, the bigger landscape of of education in Tulsa, and had an opportunity to join Monroe in 2017 um, with my first boss, um, Dr. Kiana Smith at Monroe. Um, and then, uh, you know, as they say, "to the rest is history." So <laughs> I've been there, uh, been there ever since. But I, you know, we serve the most talented, hardworking, resilient um, strong, um, kids that you could imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, that's why I keep coming back is that I, I just feel that the community, the, um, the excitement, the, uh, what the kids bring to the school every day in spite of some challenges is really exciting. And so it's been a true blessing. I have, uh, Really felt as though you know being at Monroe has been a calling on my life, and and I love uh, everything about it. And so, yeah. spring of twenty twenty is when I became the principal of Monroe.
2: A great time, yeah, yeah, great time. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like everybody's got
3: it. And then twenty twenty, <laughs> yes.
2: and then my life changed. Right you know?
3: and then during a global pandemic, why not just you know enter a principal spot as uh, at a middle school? And so I entered the you know became the principal and, and knew that. Um, Monroe, we had gone through some big changes. And so when I first came into Monroe in 2017, we were a small magnet program. So what that meant was fully public school, but students that came to Monroe, uh, needed to submit an application. So we were the sister school to Thoreau. And so we, uh, you know, we we were doing some really innovative things, small but mighty, about 250 students, uh, staff of about 30. And then in 2018, 2019, there was a uh, the North Tulsa Education Task Force that was created um, that wanted to look at the McLean feeder pattern and better understand you know the um, seventh grade center at the time, and from so what people don't know,
2: McLean's a high school. Yes. Mm-hmm. That, yes, So looking at the pattern of what what brings people
3: to that school, where at- they're coming from, how they're prepared. Absolutely, that- and the you know the elementary, you know what elementary schools do you go to? And what they saw was students were transitioning more times in the McLean feeder pattern than in other schools. Mm. And so there was a lot of different ideas at the time that were thrown around. But what they landed on was we think every student in North Tulsa in the McLean feeder pattern should have the opportunity to come to Monroe. So right before the global pandemic um, 2019 fall, uh, we went from about 250 kids to about 850 kids, wow. staff of 30, close wow. to a staff of 100. <laughs> yeah, so we did that, and we wow. did it in a, in a pretty quick amount of time, about six, seven it's months. like an
2: entirely different school. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, goodness. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, it's
3: like a whole new campus. The the seventh grade center closed and came to Monroe. We now have seven elementary schools that all come to us. Wow. And so, oh my gosh. Yeah, so, uh, and, and we did it right True on- the group, wow. <laughs> I <think> we, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like in stereo. We, also, we all also have children, so we all- <laughs>
3: Wow. <laughs> yeah, so it was, uh, it was definitely a time of great change. But with that move, I think we look back now five years later and we're seeing, you know, stories from Food on the Move and, um, for example, you know, students having the opportunity to now, you know, be paid and, you know, enter into these internships that we had always envisioned. Uh, we've got, you know, full athletics over 30, you know, after school programs. Um, We've got 85% of our teachers coming back. We're fully staffed. And so when we look at the progress that's been made over the past five years, we're very proud. Right. While understanding we haven't arrived and we still have a long way to go, um, but we're very, very proud of the progress that we've made at Monroe.
1: Well, I've watched you take this to amazing potential for all these students, but Mm -hmm. what was that driving force? Because when I was first talking to you and you were Started to bring in partners. You know what was that driving force to want to get the right partner and, and how to find those partners to to get your vision to move forward with
3: Monroe. So uh, I think it all. Um, I went to a conference four years ago, or I guess now six years ago. Um, you know the time nowadays. I know. So, oh yeah. COVID uh, <laughs> kind of messed together. that all wow. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Subtract two years. <laughs> <laughs> um, and there was a uh, a guest speaker, and he had talked about we need to change the language from the opportunity gap to the opportunity to achieve gap. And that just always stuck with me. It's like, we, you know, how do we create more opportunities for kids to achieve? There's, there's not a, uh, in certain schools, students may have more opportunities to show success or more opportunities to be involved in, you know, programming that really, um, you know, that they're really interested in. And so for us and for me, stepping into the role we wanted to take a really hard look at like, what are the opportunities that we have in our school at this current moment for students to be able to show success? And how can we grow those? How can we continue to facilitate programming? How can we continue to facilitate partners that do that? I think that's, that's like, that was the first tier. The second tier is we are a full community school. Monroe and, and, you know, um, and, and creating opportunities and, and making the school what we want it to be is not going to be because of me. And it hasn't been because of me. It hasn't been because of our leadership team. It hasn't been because, you know, because of one specific person, but it's the whole community. It's the um, 100 black men of Tulsa that come in on Fridays. It's girl power that comes in on Tuesdays. It's food on the move. It's you know the opportunity project. It's expanded learning after school. It's um, various clubs. And so what we really wanted to try to do was find out how do we create the veins into the school? Right, right. Because Tulsa is such a philanthropic community, is such a community where people want to help. And at the time, we just didn't have the modality in which people could help. And so in those initial conversations, we we started to brainstorm, man, what are some things that we can do? And really the partnership with Food on the Move for us was, I had three science teachers that came and said, Kaiser, like it's 2020, 2021, um, can we start like an urban garden? Can we yeah. start that at our school something something that is that shows science gives yeah. mm-hmm. people a way to connect with science absolutely yeah. absolutely, and I think especially you know thinking back during that time, the more time we could spend outside, the more time yeah. we could get our hands dirty. The more time we could do those things the you know the the excitement just grew and um to see again just kind of a transformation in just those two, three short years of where we are now. And we've got, you know, former alumni students that were a part of the program yes. that are like in uh, front yes. of the whole city telling their story and getting to be a voice to this huge change that, you know, you, you all have put on the Move are doing has been incredible. And so I think for us, just to see that progress and not only for us, but for our kids, for our community, Absolutely. you know, mm-hmm. is is mm-hmm. been is been huge. And um, you know, so we've been really excited about that. I, I, I'm
2: my brain is like three or four <laughs> questions stacking up. <laughs>
3: I mean but one one of them
2: was we uh, Ramal has been in the classroom and we definitely need to talk about what we've been able to do because you've sure. seen firsthand how challenging yeah. and how rewarding yes. it is. Yes. Um, which is, we're so proud of that because it's, it's been challenging, but it's also re- been incredibly inspiring for our team to see the possibilities. But I, before going to that, I just wanted to rewind again to, um, you mentioned Teach for America, which has been a really innovative program across the nation and we've seen the impact in Tulsa. um, and kind of wanted to acknowledge that because it's it's a unique path. It's an example of charging people to have a commitment to education. But just quickly talk about education as a whole because you've described um, creating like modalities to be able to do these things. Um, Monroe is different, um, and I wonder. Unfortunately, our our state has really bad stats on school on education. I mean, as far as mm-hmm. where people are reading levels, all kinds of support that's there. Absolutely not bad as in that there's bad. There's great people, but yeah. the results, unfortunately, are not great. Um, do, you see, do you see Monroe as maybe touching on some things that say, hey, like these are some paths that Absolutely. could be adopted by others? Because it is different. It, like you said, started as a magnet. Now it's really community school. To me, it seems like the most natural statement ever. School should be community. But maybe just talk about that a little bit. The education world. Is such a challenging world to step into, but you have such commitment to it.
3: When I think even back a decade ago when I started my career in Tulsa Public Schools till now, it's like it's changed so much. And I think across the country, you know, education as a whole, specifically public education. So I think for the middle school experience and the experience in education um, for us at Monroe and, you know, things that maybe um, set us apart and things that you know, have um have been really valuable for us. I think and I didn't mean to tee you up to be like, we're better than those <laughs> guys. I, I
2: just realized you're like, I'm not gonna say but where you've seen success maybe. Absolutely.
3: Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I this is the you know most fun thing for me to talk about is is the the qualities, the you know, the success that our students have seen, the commitment that our teachers make, um and really just how much of a community we we, we are at Monroe. But I think um, for us, we've really invested into the idea that we're here for the whole learner. Um, I think that right. for us, it is um, academics is such a big piece. I think sometimes people don't talk about the academic piece, the reading piece, and the math piece because it can be challenging to talk about when you know proficiency levels aren't where they you know we want them to be or right. where they where they should be, um, and so that can be challenging. However, I think for us. Um, we we focus on that, you know, wholeheartedly. And and in the past two years, we've led, you know, middle schools, the middle school growth um, from the fall to the spring for reading growth um, in Tulsa Public Schools, middle schools. So wow. I'll make that yeah. little plug for us because I am very proud. And it is thanks to the community. It's thanks to the teachers. I think that in education, people are always searching for that magic bullet. Right. I think they're looking for what is the the special sauce? What is the one thing that we can do that will change the whole thing? And I'm convinced there none of that exists, uh-huh. right? Yes. None exactly. of it exists. And I exactly. think if it did exist, you know, somebody'd be a millionaire somewhere. But I think for us, we've been very committed to this idea that we're going to show up every day. We're going to be enthusiastic in everything that we do. We're going to be consistent as much as we can, and we're going to try to get better every day. If we can do those four things, then you know, for us, school and the experience, the middle school experience, is only going to continue to get better year after year. Every year uh, that I've been at Monroe, we have a hashtag. Um, our, our first hashtag, when I first came in as the principal, and it's kind of like our rallying cry for oh, the year. It's like yeah, what, what brings us together. The the first year was make stuff happen. Um, mm. During that time, you know of of COVID, we were out of school. We just needed to figure out like how can we make something ha- just make something happen. Throw something at the wall. This is a brand new school. In the past fifteen years, these three grades, the sixth, seventh, and eighth grades in the McLean feeder pattern, have transitioned over three times. So really like there has not been a model. There's no institutional knowledge right now on how does this thing work and how's it supposed to work. And I think everybody's looking for it. Can we, can, does this model work? Does this model work? So I said, make stuff happen. The next year was, was brick by brick. I said, we just need to take everybody focus on that one brick. Let's build this foundation, build the foundation. We talk about all the time, build the foundation. Last year was level up. I said, let's take this foundation Mm -hmm. that we've built. Let's bring it up a level, Mm -hmm. bring it up a level. And now this upcoming school year, our hashtag is VPE. And this is kind of what's driven us um, throughout the past four years. Uh, And VPE for us stands for vision, preparation, and execution. And we have a very clear vision that we've created a strategic plan for Monroe on what we want to be able to see. And so I'm really grateful that when Kevin came to Monroe, he could feel that it was palpable. He could feel like there's a vision for where we want to be. We're gonna be, you know, the most prepared school in Tulsa. That's our goal every day. And at the end of the day, you know, I'll use the basketball reference, but you you gotta score the ball. At the end of the day, somebody's gotta put the ball in the hoop. And so if we can focus on those two things and come in every day trying to put the ball in the hoop, let's execute, let's know when we're not, you know, there, then you know, good things are gonna happen. And for us, we haven't arrived. We are not, you know, perfect. We but I think our staff is so committed to those three things. And, you know, I talk about Monroe as the community school. My goal is that Rob Kaiser, the person talking right now, has nothing to do with it. And is kind of in the background and the school is doing what it needs to do because it is not about me. You know, I, I'm, I feel so fortunate and blessed to be able to speak about our kids and our community and be in the seat right now. But our kids are the ones that do it. I mean, yeah. Milton with yeah. Food on the Move, I know, I know we'll, we'll touch on yeah. his story. He's the guy that's doing it, and I think about all the kids that have come through that are earning college credits at yes, McLean yeah. right now in high school, and um, students have come through that are excelling in athletics, that are excelling in academics, that are excelling in the arts and in the band. Uh, Adrian Frank at McLean and the band that he's been doing and creating and molding and developing is is one of the best in the city. And so, when we think about people like that, it's it's such a bigger thing. So. Back to your question, Taylor, about education. I think for, for us, it's all of those things wrapped together. Right. Yeah. And I think um, there is no magic bullet, but if you can come and you can be excited, you can be enthusiastic, you have a vision, you're prepared and you can execute, good things are going to happen. Well,
1: one thing I love that you, you embrace, and it's really the core of this whole idea of yeah. transformation through partnership. And, yes. and, I, and I know exactly. that I would love for you to kind of talk about some of the partners that, that you have and especially uh, the Darby Foundation. I, I mean they're really great yeah. to to come in and, and work alongside you guys. So just kind of highlight some of those things and how that's made such an impact with what you're doing.
3: Absolutely. I think, um, you know, without the partners, without the Ed Darby foundation, Monroe in its current form doesn't exist. Um, and, the the great things that have been happening across the school over the past few years and where we're going doesn't exist. The Ed Darby Foundation, for those who may not be familiar, is is a foundation that has has set out to support um, really the McLean feeder pattern, elementary schools, Monroe and McLean. Um, And so with that partnership and with the, um, with their, you know, uh, funding with the the work that they have done to set us up to really be able to vision what we want school to be uh, and then to have the funds to really help, you know, to fund that and to back that into uh, this, this idea of kind of this grassroots philanthropy and trust-based philanthropy that they talk very often about is something that I feel palpably every time that we work with the Darby Foundation. But what, you know, their investment... In our school and our students and our families and our community has created um, our partnerships such as Gaining Ground, where Gaining Ground is able to come to all of our neighborhoods with their book bus. You know, all of us probably remember being in elementary and middle school, and we've got, you know, the book fairs in town, and you're like, Mom, can I get $5? (laughs) No, you have four brothers, you got three brothers and a sister. (laughs) No, I'm not giving any. You guys go look at the books. Every kid in our school is gets 10 free books off the book fair. Nice. Sounds small, but it, no, it makes huge. a huge, huge difference going into the summer and as well as just, you know, the opportunity to, you know, go to a book fair and see like these great books, all mm-hmm. these new titles that you know, you're really excited about and just being able to say, you know, we got you. Well, e- you even being excited
2: and creating a culture of excitement for discovering books Absolutely. Is, is a big deal. Absolutely. I mean, I I realized much later in life how lucky I was to be around a family that had books. Yeah. You forget that even having books in the in the house is a luxury, to stumble across Tale of Two Cities, to stumble across great thinking. Absolutely. You know, so that's huge. I mean, you're yeah. giving people access to say, yeah, I can get books. You know that that's it's step back, watch ab, it happen, right?
3: Absolutely, absolutely, and and I think you know th- those types of moments are what's really big for us at Monroe. Is you know we get to see that happen, and then mm-hmm. you know partners that have been with us for years, such as you know Bike Club of Tulsa, and uh, Bike Club, uh, you know you come out on a on a Thursday and you've got guys like Mike Wozniak, Gary mm. Percival that are on the bikes still, you know, giving you the fist bump. And, you know, they got 15 <laughs> kids and they're riding and they're going to Lubell and they, you know, they're got the mountain bikes out and, um, and creating this family and culture. I think especially in middle school, you know, we all remember back to our middle years and it's the time where you really start to like come into who you are going to be, mm-hmm. right? These are the times where you start to maybe decide, am I going to, do this? Or am I going to go this way? Am I going to be a part of this? Is this who I am? You're it's trying to some new
2: skills too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely.
3: And you're, you're built, you know, your, your, your body's changing your personality and what you, you know, value is in, in all these types of things. And so for us, knowing the, the impact that the middle years can have not only on, you know, what's going to be next for high school or post-secondary opportunities, but really what's the kind of person that I'm going to be elementary school, you know, mom, dad, grandma, grandpa, aunt, uncle are still doing a lot for you. You know, their responsibility to get you to school, you know, your teachers are really helping you. We're we're learning about how to do homework. We're learning about how to, you know, be a student in class, still up to fifth grade. When you get to sixth through eighth grade, you're now like in these kind of gray area, middle years, where when you get to high school, it's kind of like, hey, you're in high school now, you got to figure it out. But middle school is like, we're starting to, take steps away from, from back where we were in elementary school and get closer to high school, but we still have that reach. We still have the teachers and the staff and the, you know, with, with the age development, I feel like still have the reach to be able to really help students understand you are really skilled in this. Uh This could be a great opportunity for you. Why don't you just go try, just go try, just try something, do something. And so for us, trying to build that confidence because, you know, a lot of times, especially today's world with social media and all this kind of stuff, self-confidence mm-hmm. is not always built for yeah, kids. you're comparing yeah. to too much, yeah, way
2: too much comparison.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. And so I think when we have groups like Bike Club and, and they're out after school and we have groups like 100 Black Men at Tulsa, they're creating community on Thursdays in the library and Mr. Larry and Mr. Tate. And, and you know, they're having a group with students where they're able to you know, talk about real life issues, but this becomes their community. So we, right. you know, along with creating those opportunities, I think what the Darby Foundation, um, along with our partners, have all tried to do and continue to try to do, and do a really good job of, is building community. You know, this is like part of my community, part of my um, identity. It's becoming who I am, yeah. and so I think, you know, I know we'll talk about, you know, the, the work that Ramal has done at Monroe, but even something as small as that on Fridays where, you know, I've got kids coming, Mr. Kaiser, did you see what we're trying today? And teachers <laughs> yeah. are talking about it. And look at this crazy fruit that we're, you know, uh, cutting up and this fruit salad. And, you know, for kids, it's huge. It's, it's huge. And, yeah. and it's like, it's the fun piece. And um, we also really think about how do we let kids be kids? And I think uh, at Monroe, for us, how are we creating those moments? We're not perfect at it. We're trying to get better every year. But how are we creating those moments where we could say, "Man, we're still in middle school." Let's like be Kids, funny and silly. Yeah. And they're they're not a widget. It's a human being. It's a yeah. human. Well, so so we should
2: talk a little bit about what we've actually done and hand the mic to Ramal. Of course, we've been on this mission really since a couple years into Food in the Move to realize that if we were going to make a lasting impact, we had essentially had to invest in helping rebuild the local food system. Huge undertaking. So we have this huge project called Food Home, uh, which you know we've been working towards um, constructing, which is essentially a, a campus for rediscovering and training and, and fostering the future of local growing, mm-hmm. local agriculture, mm-hmm. all these things. Um, so an incredible project. And when we connected with you all, we were we've been building the curriculum, and we were so excited to see a school that already saw the in, had the interest in mm-hmm. could we get this knowledge into the hands of kids. And so Ramal has been part of that core team that's been in the classroom. Ramal, you want to just talk about... We're working with kids you know at Monroe
0: for sure I mean it, it really has hit on the three pillars of who food on the move is you know the innovation education and access and we've given the kids in the classroom all three pillars you know every single day throughout the school year and going into our third year you know we've had the great pleasure of being able to expose the kids to our three pillars as far as with you know, the technology with what we have with the hydroponic systems and the aquaponic systems. And along with, you know, uh, making the classroom a fun place, a, a, you know, creating an atmosphere in the classroom is the biggest thing. When you go out to a restaurant, some of these kids don't get the opportunity to go to some of the fine dining restaurants that, you know we do have the privilege to go to and so to bring that experience into the classroom at an early age it prepares them for life in general and to be able to open up the taste buds to not only just the american diet but to the different types of food that is available around the world around yeah. the world you yeah. know um and to bring the world to them and to bring the different types of fruits and veggies the different uh, mexican grocery stores or hispanic grocery stores and the Asian American uh, grocery stores. And so just to bring all of those places into their particular atmosphere, it's fun and to bring different types of music. You know, there's a whole world out here that, that they haven't experienced yet, but to bring it to them and to allow them to be the driving force of what we do and for them to also prepare the foods, but also serve the foods to the classroom next door. You know, giving the the children the opportunity to serve their community at the same pace uh, is, is, it's a huge blessing, you know, and it's really been fun in the classroom. This is, we're going on our third year into the classroom and to be able to Hear them say that they went home and they made the purchase of, you know, whatever we prepared in the classroom and go to the grocery store and to actually serve it to their family is everything. And so I think you guys really have found the secret sauce. I know uh, yeah. you be humble on like, <laughs> been, but y'all, y'all have, y'all have found the secret sauce as far as, you know, getting into the homes. And I, you know, I, I really want to say that you guys have done a great job and not only just the partnerships with just the organizations, but also with the families at home as well and the and, and the parents. You see the involvement. Yes. If you're
2: saying you've seen firsthand that the school's actively getting families involved.
0: Yes, yes. It's been a, an exciting, you know, couple of years and I'm excited to go into the third year to to bring even more. I'm going shopping and looking at different <laughs> places now. Like what, can, what else can so we do? T- talk specifically
2: about, you know, You mentioned we have aquaponics. We are teaching people to grow through high, really future-focused technology that is going to be a part of our larger urban farm. So they're learning stuff that is... They're going to grow food on Mars mm-hmm. this way.
0: Yeah, right? this yeah. is how they're going to. <laughs>
2: so, but also there's the garden. There's the outside garden club, which is kind of the way we began with just the raised beds. Um, but the part that you're focused on has been the Fridays with yes. getting, introducing people. Talk a little bit about that because I love. Yeah. We've seen firsthand how, like, oh, what is this?
1: Yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll tell you one of the best examples. Talk about cinco de mayo this year. Start what the yeah. whole classroom looked like. What they made. Yeah. I think that's a good example of what. I like what Dr. Kaiser calls his students as scholars. What yeah. they got to experience. Yeah. So, so, tell so us we about that. we
0: created a party in each Friday, and so this Cinco de Mayo was a fiesta, uh, and so we brought in the pinata, we brought in the salsa, cactus uh, salsa, uh, and I mean we played the music of the you know Quinciera music and and all the the c- celebration of what um, you know Cinco de Mayo is, and we just had a really great time, and it really um, it really. I, I I think it got down to the point to where some of the students felt like that they were heard and they were seen. And the fact that, you know, a lot of these kids have never had cactus. I've never had cactus (laughs) before, you know, as a salsa. So it was a really fun experience. And so we, you know, each week we try to go in different places of the world and try to bring in that type of music and feel and vibe of what it feels like to be in Asia, you know? And so uh, we, we've had many different types of fruits uh, from papaya, Um, we've also had some guava. I mean, just different types of fruit. Dragon fruit as well. (laughs) And the consistency and the taste of it is... Some kids like it, some kids don't. And that's the great thing about it. You know, that's, that's what life is. You know, you can taste the world and experience the world to where, you know, some things you will be in tune to. And so that's the great thing about it. And the creativity that you allow us to have, you know, we're, we're so grateful for yeah. that as well.
1: I, w- I want to bounce off of that and ask you a question, Dr. Kaiser. So one thing we do every Friday is they talk about my plate and, and they discuss it. Well, all of a sudden there was a shift this year and the students started asking, hey, can I present to the class? Mm-hmm. And so how does that make you feel knowing that the students are now asking to get up and actually present to their peers what my plate is every single week?
3: Man, I think, uh, you know, I'm getting goosebumps because that's what we want. You know, that's, that's ultimately what we want is students to feel safe, supported, seen, and to have the trust that this can happen. And I think that example is a testament to the work that Ramal, that Food of the Move, has done because... There are many times I think where people wanna come out and help, great intention, but it's that level of consistency day in and day out, even on the tough days where nobody may try the fruit or you know it may not have gone the way we want it to go because ultimately that's gonna build the trust. And yeah. I think that example right there is is about the trust, is about, man, I feel like I, I trust Ramal, I trust the group because I've been with them now for two years, man, we're back on Friday and we're doing our events. Let me present. Like I feel like comfortable <laughs> yeah, to present yeah, now. what this is. Yeah, I, I could talk more about this. And so I think it's um, a lot of times for our kids, it's not necessarily the knowledge that they that they don't have to present. I, I truly believe a year ago, kids could have presented and would have right. done a good job. Uh-huh. But I think it's, the, it's a testament to- confidence. The confidence, the consistency, the continuing to show up where it's like, and I can trust Ramal, you know, and and I think a great example of this is, so it's the end of the year and my eighth graders oftentimes will ask uh, if we can sign their work permits because they all want to work and, you know, get a job in the summer. So signed a couple work permits and I'm walking to lunch. I mean, I'm not even thinking, we have a million things going on. And these two eighth graders were talking in front of me. I just happened to hear their conversation, walking to to class. And one one eighth grader said to the other, wait, where are you going to work this summer? Like, what are you going to do? He's like, ah, I don't know, I don't know. And they said, well, Miss Ryan and Mr. Ramal, they're hiring. That's where I'm going to work. And they said, oh, that's where, the, I'm. I'm going to work for them too, you know? And so it's like those little interactions for kids, they're now seeing a safe place, people they trust, and work that they enjoy uh-huh. as an option and as a pathway and without organizations like you all pushing into the school to build those really authentic and at sometimes challenging relationships in middle school where there isn't
2: trust until there is until there is and
3: then you start to see like these types of you know if you guys would have been here at Monroe for four weeks uh, a year or two ago that conversation would never have happened but the fact that there's this consistent effort to show up even when it's tough when it's raining, when it's cold. Oh, and we got, you know, all these events that you guys put on, but we're still going to be there on Friday. And we're going to still have the music playing. It's going to feel like a party. We're going to be exploring these different foods. We're going to be eating. That's the end, you know, that's, that's what happens. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and just
2: touching on what you talked about, here's these kids uh, that, you know, these are we didn't know every person's name that you're going to serve. We don't know every person's story, but you, you build something you believe in and you hope, like I love the word trust, that that'll happen. And when I describe to others more what I think Food on the Move is doing, um, I like to say we're we're really tapping into human potential. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, in some neighborhood that doesn't have a grocery store, that didn't have the education about food, that didn't think opportunity even was connected with their life. That somewhere along the way, things like food on the move, like what you do with Monroe as a community school, these are all. It's obviously we're passionate about food, we're passionate about growing, we're passionate about the, you know how food is medicine. All these layers, but it's it's opportunity for somebody's life. You know, in some cases, we we realize that maybe that food is just going to make somebody stronger and help you know help ensure they don't have heart disease at 40 right, you know right. but in other cases somebody is going to become an agriculture professional mm-hmm. somebody's actually going to go like no no that's my destiny I'm in I'm I'm actually going to become a professional and we were talking about today how when we began that working with you guys um that we're we're developing you know a product that is going to be grown and is going to be sold into community grocery stores and is going to help make sure that our programs are sustainable your students are have already experienced that in their classroom Right, they've experienced. I grew it. I grew it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like yep. I was a part of growing it, and then put it into a into a package, naming it, saying this is something that's a business. You know, this has a this is a not just a business that's that is like out there in the distance for people. like, this is mine. This is something I can be a part of. I mean, this idea that you have value as a person that you can contribute. I mean, I love hearing you talk about school because ultimately, school is. It's not just a checking of a box. It is realizing that it's a whole person that's going to go out into the world. Absolutely. And, and it's, it's, you have to look at the whole picture.
3: Yeah, and you know, I think to that point too, one thing that I think that we really value at Monroe and I see you all through the work that you do, we have a saying, put your feet where you lead. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's of the utmost importance for us that there is not a street or a neighborhood in the community that we serve that we haven't put our feet. Because it's right. not about people coming yeah. to us. We're in the service world. We're here to do as much as we can. And so in the summertime, we go out four nights. Um, and you know, we're in. Uh, we've been to all the different, you know, housing complexes. We're in, you know, in the different parks. We're at O'Brien. We're at Chamberlain. We're at, you know, in Comanche when Comanche was still up. We're in Bradford. But I think to the point, uh, you know, of all of this, which is trust and which is building those lasting relationships five years were consistent on just because we did it last year. We still have to do it again. Even if right. we always pick the hottest week of the summer, it doesn't <laughs> matter what it is. Yes. It's like 120 degrees every year. Yeah. Right. And I got my guy, Mr. Thomas is like sweating over the grill when he's like cooking <laughs> hot dogs in like four o'clock in the afternoon in Oklahoma heat. Yeah. But we, uh, but, but it means something in yeah. that those, those interactions. And we talk about it all the time. We may not see it tomorrow. We may not see it next week, but When it comes to January, February, and there's maybe a situation with a with a student, and we need to call the family in, the family may have been like or seen because this has happened multiple times. Oh, Mr. Kaiser, I remember you were, you know, I remember we met at Chamberlain when you guys were out here. I got, you know, I got you. I can help you with X, Y, and Z. And I think the same thing for even the work that you all do outside of Monroe and the different, you know, community pop ups and things like that, because our kids see you. Whether you know it or not, they see you mm-hmm. at the community events. Yeah. They see you mm-hmm. showing up and valuing. This is our community. It's a value. You don't have to come to the Food on the Move office to get what you need. You don't have to come to Ramal or, or Ryan to get what you need in the classroom. Like, we're going to see you during lunch. Like, these guys yeah. are walking the hallways. We're going to see you after school. We're gonna, so it's these, uh, these really, I think, authentic interactions and really intentional to be where the kids are and to continue to show up, not just for an event, not just for here, but to continue to be there.
0: A big thank you to Webco, North America's foremost provider of innovative tubing solutions, for sponsoring the Movers and Shakers podcast. Since 1994, Webco has provided high quality carbon steel, stainless steel, and other metal specialty tubing products designed to industry and customer specifications with five production facilities in Oklahoma and Pennsylvania, and eight value-added facilities in Oklahoma, Illinois, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Texas, serving customers globally. Webco has been such an incredible supporter of Food on the Move and 100% committed to building a trusted company for their teammates, customers, business partners, investors, and community. Learn more about strength, agility, and innovation of Webco at www.webcodetube.com. So how have you seen the impact that you made with, with these students? You know, have you seen an impact and a change in, in the school and even TPS as a whole?
3: Yeah. So I think um, the success that we've seen ha- has nothing really to do with, with me or with our team. You know, we hope that we can set the conditions. What our responsibility is every day is to make sure that our school has the conditions the enthusiasm, the people, the right people in place to help kids reach their full potential and to see that, especially to the middle years. It doesn't matter what middle school you're in. Um, and, you know, I think for uh, at the school level, you know, five years ago when we started Monroe or, or this new mm-hmm. reinvention version Monroe, yeah. and version of Monroe, uh, the challenge, I mean, it was such a challenge to find people that wanted to come work for us. I mean, full transparency that wanted to be this. Yes, I want to be at Monroe. (laughs) Not like I have to be there. And and it's again, it's the same kind of mentality we're trying to shift. And now coming into this year, we've got 85% of our staff coming back. The retention rate is the highest it's ever been at Monroe. Fully staffed across the board. We're ready. We're prepared. Um, We have the vision. So so I, I think kind of some of the things that we've seen at the staff level is, is that, and we we work, I mean, the best people in in the city work at Monroe. I mean, and that's not, it's like a shameless plug and I'll say it again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the best people in the city <laughs> work at Monroe yeah. um, because right. it really is like the the, the learning, the, the opportunity, it happens because of the teachers that we have in the building. Yeah. Not because of me, not because I have a team. Every single day, they do extraordinary work. These, you know, our teachers do extraordinary things. And so I think that that change I've seen um, at the school level, and I think for our students, because of, you know, us trying to continue to remain consistent with the work of people on our team to make sure that students earlier in the grade levels um, are seeing the different opportunities and things that they have. Um, the work with the Ed Darby Foundation in the elementary schools to kind of build this, like this is what we do. We are starting to see, and it it's not overnight, but we're starting to see more students come to Monroe and say, My cousin, my neighbor, my brother, my sister, man, yeah. they did yeah. they did this. I can't wait to do this. Yeah. Hey, I heard about this formal. I can't wait. I you know, I heard that um in eighth grade we get to do, you know, X, Y, and Z. I can't mm-hmm. wait for that. And so we're starting to see more of that. And we're starting to see more of the culture of want to rather than have to. Yeah. And for us, that's big. Ooh, and that's, that's amazing.
1: That's I mean, good. that's just five years. Uh, so keeping along that thought this week, actually tomorrow is Milton's one year anniversary for being oh. our agricultural uh, apprentice. Yeah, He's uh, someone that, that you introduced us to because you knew your students he comes back and and actually helps teach the class at Monroe the last hour of the day. Tell tell us how you feel about that. I mean, that, he you introduced him to us. Well, and and maybe just frame
2: Milton's story with respect yeah. to him. Of course, yeah. like he's an example of a story we hope to see Absolutely. because we've now seen this incredible human Absolutely. that is already making impact. Yeah, yeah. But he
3: didn't. It
2: wasn't obvious. No.
3: It wasn't you know, what was right. inside of him. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, and I think, and and I think Milton would would say that too. Where he was always a leader, and he was one of the smartest, brightest kids that we had, and he led in his own way. I mean, he was he was not. And I think he's a great example. And I've used mm-hmm. him as an example for many people. Yeah. You don't have to be the loudest. You don't have to be the person that's always in front, or you know, always being the person that's like in the spotlight, being the the voice you can really lead with your actions. You can lead with, you know, your consistency. You can lead with many different attributes and traits. One area that I saw Milton do that is with his, his sisters. Every day after school, he's big brother. He's in middle school, which like oftentimes, I remember being in middle school. It's like, oh, my little sister, you know, I got to, you know. But he's always, <laughs> he he was like, they, they looked up to him like you couldn't imagine. And it's a testament to him as right. like a big brother, but also as like a student. So Milton's in middle school. Nope. I mean, he's, he's a rock star student. However, M- Milton, you know, he wasn't on the basketball team and he wasn't necessarily, you know, he wasn't on the football team and he wasn't, you know, a part of the maybe athletic teams that were happening and, um, you know, these different things. But he had such a passion and he had such a, a, a draw to the, the work that we had started that just that first year in the outdoor garden. And his consistency, showing up every day after school with the garden club, he was, you know, planting and harvesting and Milton in his own way, you know, we'd get to talking and he wouldn't be the first person, Mr. Kaiser, come see this. But, you know, (laughs) we'd walk down the hallway, Milton, how's it going? Well, it's going great, Mr. Kaiser. But you should see how we do X, Y, and Z. And he's using terms and vocabulary, mm-hmm. and he's teaching me. And <laughs> wow. I used to tell, I tell him all the time, Milton, you taught me how to use half this stuff, and and I need you to give me a refresher. <laughs> but he, it was his thing, and and he he was like he's so invested in it. And I use him as an example for other students, as to say, find your interest and find what you're passionate about and in middle school it's going to change these things yeah. are going to change but for milton it hasn't
2: but just in for, for the mm-hmm. point of view of of understanding and obviously w- without getting into the nitty gritty you saw the potential in him but you were also concerned for him right because yeah. you saw that he, you know somebody that um you knew was a was the diamond but was carrying a lot or was up against some challenges is that is that fair yeah, absolutely
3: yeah. absolutely and and i think um Milton, um, in particular, I know he is one of the most resilient kids that I've Mm -hmm. ever had, uh, at Monroe. And he just continued to show up and continue to have a great attitude, but he was one person. And again, it has nothing to do with me, but I, I did see that. I said, okay, well, Milton, you know, this is his thing. I said, Kev, you got to take a look. I mean, this guy is, you know, Milton is awesome in what he does. I mean, he's like teaching me how to use these things. And again, it goes back to that trust because, you know, the trust that Kevin and I have and he said, well, this is, you know, this is great. And it, a testament to you all too is like, you've created the opportunity. So it's like Milton, come on. But he's the guy that had to do it. You know, yeah. I couldn't do it for him. He had to, you know, let's yeah. go back to the basketball analogy. He had to score the ball and and he did and he and he continues to do it. And I think the food on the move and the program at Monroe um, and what I think could be programs in, in many other schools, very similar to this model creates this pathway right. and creates this right. opportunity. And, and like That's I said, the hope that, yeah, That's yeah. But, but yeah. it's, it's the reality because yeah. you see it. I mean, it's, yeah. it's, it's there. it's Milton. And, 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 I don't want to like put all this pressure on Milton as he's <laughs> the only guy, <laughs> of yeah but he is, I mean, he's the guy that yeah. started it, You're but right. following in his footsteps, there, Nikolai, who's yeah. at Monroe right now. I mean, he's oh, yeah. a guy that, yeah, sure. that I, I think is is like following those footsteps. So mm-hmm. it takes the person to clear the trail yeah. Yeah. and he's that guy. Yeah. And what he, if he listens to this, what I hope he sees is he's created this for many other people and he's given many other students now this pathway in which he just, you know, he went and it takes one person to do it one time for other people to think I can do this too. Mm-hmm. Well, it's you know
2: it's important to have to to put a name on to to talk about a story, somebody's story, because yeah. you know so much of what we're, you're trying to do and so much of the work we're trying to do as in the move is it seems so daunting. It seems we're going to change the food system. We're going to educate <laughs> all these kids yeah. that are in yeah. a school that's struggling that doesn't have many, as many resources as a lot of, and we're going to believe that these kids are going to be the future that they're going to they're going to break in, you know, generational traumas. They're going to break through and make a difference in their neighborhoods. These are all like, Oh, that's never going to happen. But when you can say somebody's name, somebody's story, yeah, then absolutely. all of us, it helps us to go, you know, that's a real human. And, and, and we talk about Milton because one, we love the guy and we we see his potential and we are all rooting for him. But we all also, we know there's so many stories that we want to be a part of. For sure. And, and it's why it's, it is great to talk about, you know, Let's put the pressure. Let's let's, let's set the yeah. expectations. Let's yeah. let's expect yeah. greatness. Absolutely. Um, because you know, f- for me, I've I've watched our team really fall in love with the work t- with you guys and the work we've gotten to do with talking to kids about agriculture. We've all, I think, been even more blown away by the power of that because our our vision starts with building bridges. Food is a connection to make the community better, but actually, agriculture itself—planting things, watering the seed, seeing food show up. Growing that food and then realizing that these kids we're talking to 25 years from now, the stuff that seems like future, mm-hmm. aquaponics, hydroponics, undergrowing, that there's a real potential that that they're going to be a part of sustainability for generations because they got inspired to connect with with this technology and this food. And 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 really, there's just so much potential that we don't know until we until Absolutely. we start those conversations, yep. until we have those real, not theoretical, but, you know, this is somebody's story and we can't wait and have it all figured out. We have to just begin. And mm-hmm. I think that's part of what, what we've, we've seen is that we, we hoped and we believe in the possibilities. But now just to be able to say, wow, there's the floodgates are going to open. You know, because if one can do it, then two can do it, then three
1: can do it, then ten can do it.
3: Absolutely.
1: Well, I'm going to be a bad host because you're never supposed to be combative to the person you're you're interviewing, but I'm going to be combative on you because you Uh keep saying it's not me, it's not me, but it is you. I mean, (laughs) your your passion, your desire, you're leading the way, you've built a great team, you build in great people. So I do want to point that out that I appreciate how humble you are, but your desire and passion is not always there in every other situation, but it is at Monroe because of who you are. And, and I want to give Thank kudos you. to you because, yeah. and, and, Absolutely. and you can see like, well, I don't want to take that, but it's true. <laughs> yeah. It's true. Your energy and, and your willingness to bring people in and saying, yeah. Hey, I'm going to do this different and flip it on its head. And already in five years, seeing kids come back, and say, Hey, I want to do like my, my neighbor or my cousin or my brother. That's huge. That's a yeah. big turnaround in that short amount of time. Cause you, you really are a mover and shaker. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what it, what it
2: takes is believing the possibilities. So but you yeah. don't, the thing is, you don't want to talk
3: about you because you're not doing it for that reason. Yeah. You're doing
2: it for the, for yeah. what we're all excited Absolutely. about. Yeah.
3: Absolutely. And, and I think for me, and I really, I can't tell you guys how much I appreciate the, the, the compliment. I, I just believe that in the seat that I sit in, my responsibility, not, not even John, my responsibility is to do everything I can so that the Milton stories live. Mm-hmm. And the yeah. Milton story is the one that's told. You know, I, I I got two beautiful kids to have. So I'm, I, nothing needs to be said about me. I want the story to be about the Milton. And I want the story to be about the teachers that are doing it. There has been yeah, and I yeah, and I will absolutely. I will say there has been a lot of background work that we've had to do. But more than anything, it's the students when they succeed. It's the best gift you can get. When I, Absolutely. I mean, when I came to the to the uh, ribbon cutting for you guys, and I, and I saw Milton sitting on the middle of the stage, and and I think back to five years ago when oh, we're man. sitting there and we're like, and how are we even going to start school? I mean, where's all these teachers going to come from? What are we going to do? To see that and to see like the opportunities, thanks to so many people, to be here now. That is the best joy that I can receive in anything that I do. You know, in anything that that I do, and that I I know our team does. And yeah. um, it's like being a parent. You, yeah, you, you yeah, are a parent. Absolutely, so many kids. So many kids. I look at all. I look at all of you know, eight hundred of the students at Monroe that uh, that come through Monroe that are at Monroe. Truly, I, these are like my guys. Like we're we're part of the same team. Like this is my team, and just like any coach, I'll go to war for you. I'm gonna get on to you when you're not doing what you need to do, mm-hmm. but because I love you and I want you to do the best you can do, and you can. And like yeah, that's, yeah. The, and I've I've said this to everybody. We can win at Monroe, and we can, and I feel like you guys feel the same way. Oh Even in these big, um, you know, sometimes really daunting tasks and challenges, and you know, it can look like you know such a big move to like have to make. The people that make those, I think, are the people that are just consistent. And say every day, we got this huge rock to move, so let's get moving it. Yeah, you know, and yeah, that's yeah. how I feel like you guys are, and I, so many of our partners are. Where it's like, yes, there's this huge challenge, but if somebody doesn't, you know, try to move that boulder right. up the hill, it's gonna stay at the bottom. Yeah. So you know, every day, can we wake up and bring that same excitement to to move in that boulder? And I think that's where, again, I just can't highlight it enough: the consistency. For any organization, if you're listening, if you're a partner and you're like wanting to push into schools or you're a new nonprofit or, you know, you you haven't been been around a lot, I think you guys have set an amazing example. I I think, you know, an organization like Bike Club, an organization like Gaining Ground, where even when it's really challenging, even when... It may look like in this class of 30 kids, I don't know if I reached anybody the last three weeks, even if there's two kids showing up to your program, even in in spite of all that, if you continue to consistently show up, things will continue to get better if your heart's in the right place. And if you continue to have that belief, which is we believe that kids can do it. We believe yeah. that this is meaningful. We believe that we know you can do it. I'm here for you. Every year, and if uh, any of my teachers are listening, they're gonna probably laugh at this. But every year for the past seven years, I've been a principal. We have I show the same video, and it's every year I'll show it again this year, and everybody's gonna roll their eyes and be like, "Guys, here here we go again." But it's a uh, it's a speech from Jim Valvano, who was the head basketball coach at NC State. They won the NCAA championship, and they were in their conference tournament and they, nobody expected him to win. And, you know, he just won. And he talks about this thing called my bags are packed. And he talks about his father and his father's lived in, in New York City. And he's he'd never been north of George Washington Bridge, like one of these guys from the neighborhood. But he said he's like never been in his father's bedroom. And his dad, like after he made the first tournament game, had a suitcase that was on the floor. And he said, well, what is that? And he said, my bags are packed for when you make it. My bags are going to be packed. I will be there when you make it. And so the next year he didn't make it. I, you know, my bags are packed, my bags are packed, my bags are packed. Until finally you make it, they win the national championship. And his father, he said, never left New York, is in the center of like Houston, Texas, wherever the championship game was. <laughs> and they have this great picture. And his, his, the meaning behind this story for him was, and something that has like been a driving force for me is, no matter when kids don't measure up to what we want, no matter you know, or where we think their potential is, no matter how many times a, a kid may fail my bags are always going to be packed and my bags are there. always yeah. going to be packed to be there when you do it, when you make it. And I think that's the greatest gift. And he talks about it. It's the greatest gift we can give the people we work with, the people we work for, and the people that work for us is to say, even if you don't make it this time, my bags are packed because I know you will. And I'll yeah. be there yeah. and I'm yeah. going to show up. And then you show up. Yeah, and so, I love that.
0: If you're in the Tulsa area, we'd love for you to join us at one of our monthly community food and resource festivals. Each month, we host a party with a food truck and a DJ and plenty of fun activities and resources from our community partners. Each person also receives a bag of fresh local produce. Guests are invited to pay as they can, allowing anyone to support Food on the Move to enjoy these events. While ensuring families in need of assistance have access to fresh produce, hot meals, and community resources. Our monthly events are held at Chamberlain Park, Greenwood Cultural Center, and the Tulsa Community College Northeast Campus. Get all of your details at www.foodonthemoveok.com.
2: Little gear shift, um, movers and shakers we're dubbing you a mover and a shaker sorry you are. you are you're moving you're shaking you're inspiring you're setting the course sure. um but one of the things that's important and you know it's it's never easy to, to do but talk a little bit about the challenge you know i know we we're celebrating but you know people that are one to make a difference even if it's the first challenge of just starting um, or for that matter without you know naming names you know the people that you come up against that are right. roadblocks because it's important to talk about failure it's important to talk about struggle
3: absolutely because
2: if if people you know hear these conversations and they see somebody successful they go it feels like snap winning yep. you know yeah. and yeah. that's never it it's the exact opposite of that um but if you could f- you know even pinpoint just some examples or one example just something that stands out that says wow you know this was a this was a struggle or that this I that was a, even a failure
3: I mean there's so many failures I could choose from I think um, <laughs> I think uh, for, for me being a leader uh, you know of a school or, or being a leader in your organization or starting a program or things like that I think for me personally challenge is always how do I keep bringing it every single day and what we've yeah. talked about is, How do I not lose in in spite of the roadblocks, in spite of some of the press or some of the stories that we read about public education right now, in spite of, um, you know, challenging times in hiring, in spite of, you know, something that, you know, we thought was a definite and is not. Um, And it's very easy, I think, to to be very critical of, of yourself, right? Because you're like, mm-hmm. man, I Monday morning quarterback it and think, man, I should have made this decision differently or I should have done this differently. Yeah. And um, I think for me in, in the role that I'm in and, and as, a, as the leader of Monroe, the challenge for me, and, and maybe it's the same for others, is how do I continue to give what I know this job needs and what I know it is, When I have two kids and they're up crying, you know, they're not sleeping well. I'm a dad. You know, my my wife is is a teacher. So like, you know, you're up late, you're, you know, you're not getting a lot of sleep. And how do you still bring it every day for the kids that deserve your absolute best? And when you don't do it or when you don't bring it, like that kind of sits with me. I can't sleep at night. I'm like, man, I, you know- You beat yourself up. Yeah, my my college basketball coach used to say, Coach Scotty used to say, uh, every day you either get better or you get worse. You never stay the same. I'm a huge believer in that. I don't think any day you just, stay, either you've gotten your organization better or you've gotten your organization yeah, worse. There's no cruise control. No, there's no like, well, we just stayed the same today. Did we get better? Did we get worse? And, you know, when we get worse, it's like, you know, when I think, man, today was a loss- um, those are the challenging days. I think when we first started Monroe was some of the most challenging, or this new iteration of Monroe, some of the most challenging months. Where, you know, honestly and truthfully, you know, I, well, I go to go to my car and if never, I, all I want to do is be a teacher. Like I told you yeah. guys, man, is education a place where I really need <laughs> like, well, this, You, you had to actually,
2: figure out how to tra- attract an entire new school, yeah. right. essentially, right. of yeah. teachers wow. and right. staff.
3: Yeah, and and I would you know, we would go back and and we I think I'd be like, "Man, maybe maybe I need to like go do something else. Maybe like maybe this is not where I need to be." Um and so like really transparently, that's been a place where I've been before when we first started. And then what I had to remind myself of and it doesn't happen overnight. It's not like, "Oh, I'm going to I'm going to hear this and I'm like, okay, everything's great." But find the little wins every day. Mm-hmm. That's what I keep, yeah. you know, thinking about is And I kept telling myself, you know, where's the little win? Where did we get better? We may, cause I do believe I look at every day. Did I get better as a person? Did I get better spiritually? I I look at it, did I get better or worse? And on days where you'd gone three weeks, where I'm like, man, I think we got, I think we got worse every single week this, you know, this month. I mean, how how many times you can get punched in the mouth, you know? But (laughs) and then, but then at the end of the day, I'd have to kind of not shift that thinking, because I think it's really important to think that way but start to understand too, maybe we did not get better today, but this can get better. Mm-hmm. And if we keep doing this, it will get better. And that
2: I think- Consistency that for can, yourself. You're talking about what you've been able to do now, but you've, you you had to tell yourself
3: that. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And I think that, you know, I've probably said consistency 10 times on, the, on this podcast because it is exactly right. It's learned. It, mm-hmm. it, I learned that over the years of these little things add up over time.
0: And I think you did something so well because ball is, you can tell basketball is life to you. Absolutely. You know what I mean? (laughs) And you, (laughs) you referenced it so much, but, not many people can take one aspect of life and move it into another aspect to where you moved it into a middle school and you think the team the team aspect and that's one thing that i I think what really gravitates me towards Monroe is the more team aspect of looking at it to where hey okay well let's enter this type of component into the program to where we can make it a better team and yeah. from the women from the girls to the boys to the different demographics that you have within the school and trying to implement and make those different demographics better. But, you know, overall looking at, you know, the the teamwork aspect and you getting your doctorate degree uh, just recently, uh, what focus did you have with your doctorate degree and why did you choose that particular one to implement into education?
3: Yeah. So I, uh, <clears throat> I got to give credit. My first boss was doing her doctorate and she said, Rob, I think you should just do it. And at the time I didn't have kids and I wasn't married and um it's great idea yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, and so I thought you know and we we hadn't you know and tr- truth be told if this would have been two years later and we were going through this big transition that I've spoke of there's no way I would have yeah. been able to sign up in that moment um but for me it was like how can I, I I've never viewed myself as like this huge academic person like I wasn't taking AP classes in high school I didn't even know what that was I was you know I was a PE major, which is a tough major. And like, it's not also brain science, you know, we're not like doing surgery every day. And so I I really said, man, this is going to challenge me in ways that I didn't think, you know, let me just go out and see if I can like accept the challenge, meet the challenge and can I can I succeed? And the the, the OU doctorate program was fantastic that I, you know, had the opportunity to be a part of. I loved it. Um, But, you know, I think within that, I hoped, and I, I still hope that me doing that, just like Milton has inspired me in what he's done, maybe that, you know, oh, doctor, because I used to be able to use the example a lot. Man, I'm still in class. I'm still in school. And that kind of resonated with some kids. Sometimes we talk about, man, I just, this class, and, you know, this teacher and right, stuff like right. that. But it was, you know, it was kind of some common ground that we were able to find on, well, you know, Mr. Kaiser's doing his doctorate right mm-hmm. now. And, and so- you know, finishing that last year was a big, um, I think for, for me, it was, you know, a big moment. And, um, and I think it's been, um, something that, you know, I try to tell our kids all the time too, like, don't, don't stop challenging yourself. Yeah. Thinking about the way your experiences, um, you know,
2: become reflections over time, because that's what happens, right? You go through it and then all of a sudden you look back and you go, Oh, that experience taught me this. Um, you're not big on praising yourself, so I'm going to ask it in a way, that, but that is not about that. But if you look at education across the country, I mean, what could be more important than education? But frankly, we know public education is in a real transitional time. It's it's underfunded. It's frankly really hard to implement because people are different, kids are different, neighborhoods mm-hmm. are different. Mm-hmm. Um, if you if you could take something that you've seen work, you know, maybe. And say man if I could just snap my finger and yeah. just give this to every school what would that be? And I know it's it's a little bit impossible mm. to pick one but just go man if I just was I'm sitting here I'm looking at the nation got all these great schools there's so many great communities across the country and there's so many comparisons that are similar Tulsa's yeah. like I think the great you know we're like so many places we've got we're a great test place because we have so many of the same things many many places do what what would where would you start? Um, You go, man, I could snap my finger and I could, I could help. I've seen this make a difference besides food on the (laughs) move.
3: Shameless plug. I, uh, I think, um, I think from our experience, it's the three things that maybe I mentioned earlier where it's the vision. Do you have the vision for the school? Having a vision, having a very clear vision. And then also like, in those moments where it doesn't feel like I'm ever going to reach this finish line or man, we've been working for three years and I still don't know why we can't get over this hurdle. Um, it's that continuous ability and want really to show up for our kids and to show up for our community because they deserve it. Yeah, I think oftentimes in a neighborhood like a Monroe or, you know, serving students that are hardworking, talented, um, brilliant, and may come from you know some pretty um, high poverty, and may also come from some high trauma. I think sometimes in those schools, um, it's very easy to say. I'm just going to go do something else. Yeah. Uh, just to count it out. Just yeah. To, just to take, you know, just, this yeah. is
2: never going to change.
3: Right. And and like Back I've stack, stacked against it. I've done the best I could do for a year or two. And I'm like, I, I feel like, you know, my time here is up. And I just wonder if there was a way, and I'm not perfect because there are moments still to this day where course, I'm like, man, yeah. oof, I'm tired. And, you know, yeah. but how many, if we had those same people that were making a difference for a year stay in the places that really, really need us to stay, what could the impact be over time? So, no, so the Teach great. for America
2: impact—you see it, but but we know that Teach for America—the biggest challenge is you get somebody that's very talented, that's probably not destined to be a long-term teacher, goes to a community, but then leaves. Right? Like you're 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 saying what I'm reading through the lines is leadership and commitment and consistency. Like that that consistency—if you don't have it, you you swoop in, yeah—and yeah. then you're not a part of that 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 full transition
3: that full I, transformation absolutely and i think because some of the challenges that are faced in schools particularly when you have a you know maybe a high population of kids coming from trauma the the difficulties the challenges that 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 school faces is very easy sometimes for partners very mm-hmm. easy for people that work at the school very easy for the community sometimes as a whole to say well, I'll just go here, yeah. or I'll just go to, and, and I'll just go to this school that just started two years ago, or I'll just go here because I feel like I want to help people. But man, the help that that school needs is really a yeah. lot. I don't it's know. Too, I too have, messy. Yeah. yeah. So, and and I think how can we get people to continuously do it and continuously show up and say, man, in spite of some of the challenges, in spite of some of you know the 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 challenges that that are faced daily. Imagine if we had everybody continuing to stay and not necessarily leaving for what maybe seems like a bigger role or maybe what seems like a role, an easier role. role. Um, But what if we all stayed? Well, so, Mm, I mean, I think about this.
2: I've had the gift and I'm really, I'm so, so, so grateful. This, the other side of my life being a musician traveling is I've gotten to see so many places. And one of the things that I'm always blown away by that is still true about America that is not. I love I love so many different places and we can all learn from different countries different cultures but as much as we're broken America still has we have a spirit of of we want to change our status we mm-hmm. want to move from here to there you know even in places like Britain you know there's more of a sense of like you're going to be working class like your granddad was working class mm-hmm. like that's kind of your destiny mm-hmm. right I mean they don't necessarily say that but you mm-hmm. feel it mm-hmm. and and so this um, the potential there's all there's just still such a heartbeat of potential in America, mm-hmm. but we I do think it feels like we've reached a crossroads where technology and frankly even kids you know living on these phones like there's the flip side of you know do i do I break out of my comfort zone? do I grow? what does education look like you know I, I've had a very weird life where I haven't done a lot of traditional education, but I've also seen that the the plus sides of either side of the spectrum because I haven't been in those classrooms. And what you talk about, and I've seen it firsthand with Ramal's work showing up consistently in the classrooms and in Kevin's commitment to trying to build the curriculum that is that is broad and isn't just learn to grow stuff, but think about business, think about creativity, think about is we've got to, it seems like we've got to be talking about the whole person You know, and that you've just you've just nailed that over and over. Where you said the community, the you know, being a kid, feeling joyful, not just not just math and science, but math and science plus. Hey, how are you doing? You know, yeah. Um, I think I just answered my own question, but (laughs) uh, that's just me. You know, listening to there's couldn't be anything more important than instilling hope and potential for you know for people to say, hey, there's a chance you you can become the next example um and that's why it's such a joy to get to be in the classroom with you guys
1: well, i think it's very clear that through this interview that we really do have a true mover and shake on our hands oh yeah so, oh, absolutely. So, oh, absolutely. And, and in the in the natural scheme of things i, I think throw one last last question at you we really love people to hear this and get inspired absolutely mm-hmm. mm-hmm. because wherever you're at we want people to do something so what challenge because you talk about challenges if you rose to the challenge you present challenge what challenge would you give that listener right now about making a difference in, in in just anyone's life and getting involved, what kind of challenge could you place to somebody right now? If you're going to close this out, everyone listening, what is a challenge from, from Dr. Kaiser about making a difference?
3: I think um, kids and, and students, and, and as I refer to my kids, scholars, um, I think K through 12, I think in whatever walk of life that you live, if you can donate an hour of time, it's the most valuable thing you wow. can donate. Wow. But, it's the, but it, it is, if you can donate one hour of time and you're listening to this, you feel some kind of inspired. I think there are every school, I, I'm going to speak for every school. If you called me today and said, Rob, I can give you one hour a week. What can I do to help my community school that or or maybe it's not in your community. Maybe it's in your, your community where your where your job is, or maybe. But if you could give one hour a, a day or one hour a week to your local school, and whether that's maybe they they have bulletin boards that need to be hung up, or maybe that's you know lunch duty, or maybe that's reading with a student, or maybe that's pushing in and using your experience to help kids. I feel like we can always turn around and see the journey as we've talked about where we've all come from, and probably the people that did that. Oh, and the people yeah. in our lives that did that, that reached back and said, hey, Rob, I got you. Like the mentors, the but where does that start? And I think it starts with the kids. Yeah, And amazing. I think it's a, uh, a challenge or an opportunity, I guess, is more maybe than, than even a challenge, but there's an opportunity that exists for everyone with their time, talent, and money. But most importantly, honestly and truthfully, the time is the most valuable thing you can give. And it means the most, I think, yeah. with the uh, investment that you can have with students. And so if you're listening to this and you're inspired, you can call me at 918. 911- <laughs> 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 but, but, but I think you that said that's it, yeah. You said it's per- such a great, such
2: a great thing to share because where wherever you are, we we talk about this on the podcast. Wherever you are, you can make a difference with whatever gift you have. Mm. It's not about starting the greatest organization yeah. in the world. Who knows, you may become a leader of some incredible huge thing, but start where you are absolutely. and start with what you have. And absolutely, man, the power of time, it's one thing that we, we can't make more of. Yeah. So if you give it away, you, you're you really giving away a, a valuable resource and um, and it's an inspiring
1: invitation. So yeah. thank you for for making that to, to people listening. And thank you so much for your time. This has been you're really, welcome. I loved listening to your story and, and hearing your journey. It's been really inspiring. Thank you guys. Well absolutely amazing the energy and I just love how he lights up when he talks about his students mm-hmm. and basketball.
0: And <laughs> yeah, absolutely you yeah, can tell ball is life for him ball for his his sure. And, yeah.
1: and, and boy he does not take credit and I, yeah. that guy yeah. has made so much impact but he always hands off the ball. But, mm-hmm. he, yo, but again, yeah but again, he's <laughs> he's nice, telling nice.
2: his story. Yeah, he's telling his story um through service. I mean, he yeah. he obviously had inspiration, he found a passion in teaching, but team building and and the results is mm-hmm. obviously what's driving everything for him. I mean, um like you said, he won't take the credit, but that's that's a, he just believes in what he's doing. Yeah.
1: And he's totally on point.
3: Yeah. Yeah. And I will say this isn't just talk. I've seen him in the hallways. I've seen the <laughs> oh, way that man. the students connect yes. with him. I see the way he's yeah. got like secret handshakes with different kids. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. just really great to see that this isn't just what he's saying. That he's really walking the walk as well. And yeah. those kids are so impacted.
1: What I love too is when he talks about his students. He calls them his scholars. Mm. Yeah, I just think that's so amazing because I, I remember texting one day, "Hey, do you mind if we take some pictures of the students?" He goes, "You can always take a picture of our scholars." I'm yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Love nice. that. Love yeah. that. But that's how he refers. And I. You know, words are powerful. Absolutely. And he's always speaking life into students and the teachers that he gets to work with. And I think that's why, you know, going out of that school year, he was already staffed for this year yeah. because people want to work with this guy.
2: Yeah. You know, we, we're, we of course, always latching on to the, the optimism and the possibilities. But I also love that hopefully people really took away um, the challenges that rob uh-huh. had to take on and has come through to build Monroe into the school it is today i mean you had a you had a, a pandemic with a sudden shift of a school that had to double in size teachers that were not wanting to come to this community because they thought hey this is going to be hard this is doesn't have the resources it needs mm-hmm. and to see what's what's happened uh, he has not just had a, a a sunny happy day he's had to really have that vision and that drive to make a difference and he's and been a part of building something really cool,
0: and I know that he said that he doesn't have the secret sauce, you know. But I think that he has found the <laughs> the, the particular ingredients, and one of them is food on the move to be able to to partner uh, within that ingredient to to build upon that secret sauce that it that they particularly have and being able to make that impact within the community and bringing the world to the students. So well, I absolutely. agree. I think the yeah.
1: secret sauce is what he's done is he's brought the right people in. Mm-hmm. He, he knew that he couldn't do it all, so he brings yeah. the right players yeah. in. Feels the team and you we'll shoot the ball.
0: Yeah. So that's great, man. So thank you for listening to our podcast. Make sure you visit us on our website at www.foodonthemoveok.com and for all of our movers and shakers out there, keep moving.